So there's a difference between gender, of course, which is male-female. That's one version of manliness, you could say. There's another, which is like masculinity-femininity. So we could talk about energies. But I really define it as what Kakuta Hamisi, who's the head of the Maasai Association in Kenya and Tanzania. So this is like the guy who trains people how to fight with spears to hunt lions, like like, like an incredible human. I asked him, what makes a warrior? And he says, a warrior is somebody who knows how to look after themselves and protect their people when they're in need. Welcome to the Live, Lead, Last podcast, and thank you for joining us for this week's episode. I'm James Duvall, and I'm joined by my beautiful wife and co-host, Lisa. Hello. So good to be back with you this week. This is our 20th episode. Unbelievable. I can't believe it. And next week will be the last episode of season one. We have had such a blast creating this podcast each week. We've had the privilege to meet some cool people and learn some valuable lessons. But the reason we do this is for you, the Live, Lead, Last community. We want to say thank you for continuing to listen and support the podcast. James, I'm so excited. We've already been working on plans for season two, but we would love to hear from our community listeners. If you have feedback that you would like to share about the podcast, maybe there are some topics that you would like for us to address, or there's someone you'd like for us to have on the podcast. Would you leave us a comment either on Facebook or Instagram at Live Lead Last Podcast? All right. I'm excited to jump into our interview segment today. Our guest is John Beattie. John has climbed to the top of the tallest mountain on every continent, including Mount Everest. Lisa, I don't know if you know this or not, but more people have orbited in space than have climbed the tallest mountain on every continent. I actually did not have that information in my head, so it is new news to me. Yeah, so it's pretty cool that we have John on the podcast. Absolutely. So during his nine-year adventure, he somehow survived avalanches, pulmonary edema, tribal warfare, and a whole lot of cliff bars. Not sure I know how cliff bars register in that list. Well, they need energy to climb all those mountains. I know, but that's not hard to do to eat cliff bars versus avalanches, James. Well, he could have choked them or something, maybe. Okay. So he's a worldwide adventurer who has traveled to 67 countries. He's written three books and given live presentations to nearly 1 million live audience members. His newest book is called The Warrior Challenge, Eight Quests for Boys to Grow Up with Kindness, Courage, and Grit. This is going to be so good, so let's go. John, it's great to have you on the podcast. We really appreciate you giving us the gift of your time. So you've climbed the world's tallest mountains. You've kite surfed double overhead waves. You've swum with sharks and you've even experienced tribal warfare. And that's what a lot of people may call manly. I think some people may call that crazy, (laughs) but you would say that none of those adventures define you as a person. Why is that? I would say that none of those things define me as a person. And thank you for having me, by the way. Thanks yeah, for the, the time that you're gifting as well. None of those things define me as a person because it's who I show up as right now in this conversation with you that matters. That's the only moment that's real is this moment right now. And so if I say, yeah, look at all this stuff I've done that some people think is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> that's fine. And some people think is like, oh, so cool. Whatever your opinion of those past things are really makes no difference. It's only who I show up as in this moment with you. That's so cool. You've climbed the highest mountain each continent. So how did you even get that goal to begin doing that? I didn't know that it was a big deal until I was climbing the tallest mountain in South America. And I had climbed uh, all over the United States. I've got all these Colorado 14ers under my belt. I've got Mount Hood, Mount Rainier. 
Mount Whitney, all these big in the States. I was like, let's go climb the tallest in, in South America. It's called Aconcagua. And while there, there's people from all over the world who are asking this question, are you out for the seven summits? Are you going for it? And I kept hearing this phrase, seven summits, seven summits. I was like, I don't, I don't know if I'm going for it or I don't even know what it is really. And finally, when I realized, like, oh, it's actually this like pretty elite group of individuals. I mean, more people have orbited in space than have climbed the tallest mountain on each continent. Wow. I started asking myself, like, do I have what it takes? And is this something that I would enjoy the process of in the journey? Because it took me nine years to climb them all. It takes some people a lifetime to be able to get that time and the finances together to, to make it happen. So that's when I started asking, could I do this? And it was by getting my butt kicked on Aconcagua, that mountain in South America, and not making it to the top that I was like, I want to figure it out. I want to figure out I have what it takes to actually to get up all these mountains. That's amazing. I'm interested, like now that you've climbed all the mountains, what's the next goal? Do you have some other big mountains that you're going to face or challenge? As far as literal mountains, there aren't many. Like I yeah. mean, I could climb K2, but it's so lethal that it doesn't appeal to me. And what I realized is that mountains are all relative to something. And so Everest, yeah. while it's like technically the tallest above sea level, like the tallest mountain from base to summit is in Hawaii because from like the, the ocean floor up to the top of that volcano is actually the tallest. Or if you want to look from the earth's core to the summit, uh, like the farthest from the earth's core, it's a mountain in, in Ecuador. I could go to Mars and climb the tallest <laughs> mountain there. Like, do I, and then it's like, do I really want to climb literal mountains or would it be more appealing to try other things like other metaphorical mountains? Sailing around the world is certainly one next big adventure that I would love to do at some point, but I'm more about intent and meaning at this phase in my life. Yeah. And so one mountain I'd like to climb is family and relationship. Another mountain I'd like to climb is to create an organization that helps to fight and educate towards carbon reduction and climate change solutions. That's great. You know, talking about mountains in your new book, The Warrior Challenge, Eight Quests for Boys to Grow Up with Kindness, Courage, and Grit, you actually share a story of an event that happened to you while you were climbing Mount Everest. It wasn't an experience that you expected, but I know in your book, you sure had a tremendous impact on you. Can you tell a little bit of that story? Sure, of course. So while climbing on summit night, it's completely blackout because we, we leave at 7 p.m., climb through the night, try and get to the summit around sunrise and then back down. And it's 38 degrees below zero with the wind chill. It's negative 91 degrees Fahrenheit. Any exposed skin will be frozen immediately. And what happened was I come across a guy who's frozen into the ice and his team had already left him for dead. And when I came across him, he's kind of spasmed or had his last gasp of air. And it's really unclear why he was able to move in that moment when I passed him. But I did everything I could to try and revive him or help him. But it was well beyond being able to help him. And what that eventually created once I got back down safely was the symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder. And what I've come to learn about events like this is that it's not just like, oh, you're messed up for life because you have a trauma happen. Instead, there's something that's very real called post-traumatic growth. And that process of acknowledging that I, I needed to ask for some professional assistance or help in the context of therapy and going through the work of unpackaging the messages that I brought to that mountain 
And to that scenario, you know, it's not the trauma itself. It's the mental messages that we have that create post-traumatic stress disorder. And unraveling all of that in a safe and healthy environment and having friends and family members who were there for me and recognizing that I needed to lean on others was an incredible growth phase of my life. And I'm definitely a stronger and healthier human now. And I don't qualify for having the symptoms of PTSD any longer. You know, when it comes to healing from PTSD or really in today's culture with lockdowns and everything that's been going on with our society last last season with the pandemic, there's a lot of people who are dealing with mental health issues, anxiety, depression. What would you suggest to someone who is doing work right now to overcome either PTSD or other mental health issues? Man, that's such an important question and point because you're absolutely right. Like the rates of loneliness, the rates of mental health disorders right now are just through the roof. The first thing that I can tell you is that even though it may feel like you're alone in this struggle, you are not. Like not only are other people going through it, but other people have been through it and we all hurt at some point in our life. And so don't feel like you're like a unique snowflake in your struggles. That's the first thing that I would say. Like you're in this with others and they'll be there for you. The second thing that I would say is to not resort to the the balms that most of us use, which are trying to tough it out, just grit through it, which are trying to be nice and pretend it's not there and like smile over the pain, not actually acknowledging that it's there. Yeah. Or we numb it out. And that's through each of us kind of have a substance of choice, whether it's an alcohol or a drug or a food or a pill or whatever that is. If you can recognize when you lean towards one of those three things and then instead sit with the pain, as weird as that sounds or as like counterintuitive as that might sound, and share that with a family member who you know will be there for you or a friend who will listen non-judgmentally or a therapist, whether it's like through an, an app. There's so many great apps that have virtual therapy or if you have a therapist that'll meet you for an in-person appointment, go there, be real, show up, like recognize just like if it was a broken leg, hey, that hurts and I need to go to the person who knows how to heal this like just say, hey, my heart hurts and I need to go to the person who knows how to help heal this. That's what I would recommend. So my wife, Lisa, she's a mental health coach. And one of the things that she does is helps them kind of take that next step to know, you know, what do I do with this? And is a lot of times that listening voice that just sits with people and their grief or they're dealing with some mental issues or struggles and just being that person that people can pour out into. And I think that's so important and pivotal in people's lives. Just be honest, transparent and authentic saying, hey, I have this hurt and I need to deal with it. I mentioned your new book, The Warrior Challenge, Eight Quests for Boys to Grow Up with Kindness, Courage, and Grit. And I actually finished the book a couple of weeks ago, and I'm obviously not a preteen or a teenager anymore. Sometimes people think I act like one, but I'm not. <laughs> um, Me too. <laughs> <laughs> but I have to say, I really enjoyed the book. It was really fantastic. And people who know I read a lot, I highlight everything. So it's full of highlights that I'll put in my notes. And I'm interested, what was the reasoning behind you writing specifically for young men? This this book is a rite of passage. This used to be such an important part of nearly every culture where once a boy hit a certain age, there would be a, a quest or a process that he would have to go through in order to become a man of his culture. And I went back and looked through, throughout every rite of passage I could find, and there were always two components that they were trying to get to. I mean, the rights were totally different in every culture, whether it's hunting a lion or sticking your hand into a glove full of bullet ants and letting the ants sting you or jumping off of, out of trees with vines tied to your legs. And I realized we don't have these rights any longer. And that's a good thing because, you know, a lot of them were abusive. Yeah. But what were they going for? 
They were going for changing a boy into a man and creating men who would know how to look after themselves and look after their tribe or their people. We don't have a rite of passage today that shows young boys how to do that. And so what I realized in myself and why I climbed these mountains was that it was my own kind of self-imposed rite of passage. And I wasn't unique to feeling this gap, this non-understanding of what it means to be a man in today's culture. And I thought that that's a shame because I saw so many other climbers and so many other adventurers and so many other man boys yeah. <laughs> in today's culture that wanted this path. And so I wrote this book as a rite of passage that teaches these traits of kindness, courage, and grit. And that was the impetus for writing it. As I was reading it, I was realizing that I don't know there's another book like it that I've seen. Even the chapter on sexuality, you're pretty honest, like forthright. There's no like cutting corners or anything. And there's a lot of kids, a lot of boys who are growing up in culture today who have nobody sharing truth with them about their sexuality, about how to act as a man, how to treat other people, how to have right relationships. So many practical pieces about it that I thought were really great. I am interested, how would you define manliness in today's culture? Man, that's such a great question. So there's a difference between gender, of course, which is male-female. That's one version of manliness, you could say. There's another, which is like masculinity-femininity. So we could talk about energies. But I really define it as what Kakuta Hamisi, who's the head of the Maasai Association in Kenya and Tanzania. So this is like the guy who trains people how to fight with spears to hunt lions. Like, the, like, like an incredible human. I asked him, what makes a warrior? And he says, a warrior is somebody who knows how to look after themselves and protect their people when they're in need. And I think aside from male, female, aside from masculine, feminine energies, anybody who does those things is a warrior. And so manly, it's not like gritting through the pain or like being tough as nails. That's irrelevant, I think, to the book. It's more about what creates a warrior. And I did it specific for boys in this book. I love how you start each chapter with a story. Some of it's personal, but some of it's from history. And even the opening story, the, the warrior with the spear and the kid in the dream is just so well done. And I would recommend that parents would get the book for their, for their boys and, and read it along with them. I think there's some great discussion stuff in the book. You know, we talked a little bit before we started this interview. I said that you ought to write a book for guys who didn't have the opportunity to have a rite of passage or develop maybe properly from boyhood to manhood. And maybe there's some guys who are listening right now on the podcast who never had that clear path in front of them to becoming a man, and they want to go on their own rite of passage. What are some steps that you would encourage them to take? So good. Yes. I'm so stoked that you asked this. First, we, we all carry every age with us. And so I'm 38 years old. I still have a four-year-old boy somewhere inside of me. I still have a 13-year-old <laughs> teenager inside of me. I still have a 25-year-old crazy adventurer in me. So if you feel like you never had a rite of passage or that maybe there's like some parts of you that still need to grow into being a man, get this book and read it as though you're reading it like you were a teenager and think, what are those parts of me that maybe never had these lessons? Because as you read, like there's some, there's some real nutrition in this book. And yeah. I have adults that read it that are like, this is awesome stuff. This should be for adults as well. As far as creating your own rite of passage, first thing you got to do is find something that feels just beyond reach. Like you don't know if you can accomplish this thing, but you think you might have what it takes. That's the first part of it, because you want to be pushed up against a wall where you, you're kind of almost like screaming. I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can handle it anymore. But then you figure out that you can. That's what creates that internal sense of confidence. 
Like you look at the Maui boys in Brazil, they had this stick their hand into this glove full of ants, which are not just like fire ants, but they're the most painful bites on earth. And they'd go through 24 hours of paralyzing pain. Like just insane. And they had to do this 20 separate times. It's crazy. Well, the first time they're like, no way, this is impossible. And they pass out, they vomit. They're like in a drug induced state from these ants. Well, the 20th time when they go into it, they're like, yep, I know what this is going to be like. It's going to suck, but I'm going to be able to handle it. That's what you want to create in your rite of passage. So element number one is something that's just beyond reach. Element number two is find a guide or somebody who's been there before you. So if you want to climb a mountain, hire a guide service. If you want to like ride horseback, and shoot bows and arrows in Mongolia, find the person who's done that thing and make them into your guide. And so finding somebody who's already been there is the second component I would recommend. Third component that I'll leave with you is define what it will mean in advance. So know what your why is. Know what your reason is for doing this thing. Don't just make it like, whoa, that was a crazy adventure. I went whitewater rafting. What did that mean to Whitewater Raft through the Grand Canyon? And what do you want it put to bed? Or what part of you is almost dying? And what part of you is then being brought to life? Yeah, it's really about resilience and just the fact that there's so many people today who lack resilience. And when the first hard thing comes at them, they fold up. And that story about the bullet ants and the glove and have to do that over and over again, that fact that if I can face this pain, if I can face this challenge, I can face anything. And I think that's so good to find something just outside your comfort zone that you're going to stretch for. So really great. You actually have a program for parents that their kids can be involved. It's the Warrior Challenge Virtual Boot Camp. Can you tell a little bit about that? Yeah, of course. So if you go to warriorchallengebook.com, then there's a little email entry field where you can get all the the information both about the book as well as the the boot camp. I go through each chapter of the book live with the young men or the young women. Girls can take this too. It's for everybody. If you're an adult and want to go through it, you can. And we go through each chapter and you've got exercises, discussions via Zoom with me and my team of instructors. Your student will learn self-awareness, setting boundaries, how to create values and your warrior creed, how to find an expedition team and your tribe of your own, how to get grittier and how to spot toxic relationships, how to find a purpose in life. All these are themes that we cover throughout this program. That's so good. This has been really great. And again, I really appreciate you taking the time to be on the podcast. If listeners want to learn more about you, where would you send them online? I'll give you three options. First, if you want to grab the book, go to Amazon, type in The Warrior Challenge, and you're looking for the bright red cover. It's The Warrior Challenge, Eight Quests for Boys to Grow Up with Kindness, Courage, Grit. That's option one. Option two, go to johnbede.com, J-O-H-N-B-E-E-D-E. Dot com And that's where you can get information about my courses, my other books, my keynote speaking services uh, and coaching. And then the last one is if you would like to uh, follow my adventures and social media, then you can go to Instagram, search for John Beatty and add me there. Awesome. I'm going to put all those links in the show notes, including the Warrior Challenge Virtual Bootcamp. I'm also going to post some stuff on social media with the book and some quotes from it that I think are really great. John, this has been awesome. Thanks so much. And I look forward to following your adventures. And if that's sailing around the world, we're looking forward to seeing you do that, man. Thank you. I appreciate your time today. It's a pleasure to be on the call with you. This has been such rich content. 
and makes me think of a quote. It goes something like this. It is easier to build strong boys than to mend broken men. Mm, That's good. Thanks, John, so much for the podcast and the investment to our community. You can get the link to John's books and website and social media links in the show notes at www.liveleadlast.com. I did want to give one caveat to the book. This book, although very helpful and applicable, it's not written from a worldview that is consistent with ours. So I would encourage parents to preview view the book before giving it to your son or daughter to read. There are a few areas where the way John addresses issues could cause some tension, but that said, it really is a great resource to walk through with your kids. Excellent. Next week is the last episode of season one. We have Nathan and Trisha LaGrange. They are a super fun couple who are in the process of launching a retreat center in Georgia for leaders. We'll talk about their organization, refreshing the refreshers. We hope that you will join us for that. We want to invite you to subscribe. And if you're willing to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast, it will help us get the word out and help others find the show. You can also follow us on Instagram and or Facebook at Ridley Last Podcast. Leave us a message or comment. We'd love to hear from you. Remember, lead your life and leverage your influence today in a way that leaves the legacy you want. Until next week, bye-bye.